A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but I think no, He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God by faith in His Son. Right? 2 Corinthians 3 7. Victory in the name which is above every name. No exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme. Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 87. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. So the Master's Dog is a podcast devoted to dealing with all sorts of things that uh, come as an affront to the truth of God's word based off of the Calvin quote at the beginning. This started out as a podcast called Faith and Beliefs Refuted, where I was simply responding to a podcast from the Saints Unscripted, which is formerly Three Mormons. They did a segment of their podcast called Faith and Beliefs, starting with their Articles of Faith, the LDS Articles of Faith. And when I saw that was coming up, I said, I want to refute these. I want to talk about how these don't line up with, with Orthodox Christianity. And then they continued on beyond that with other issues of, of LDS doctrine. So I continued to respond. Um, funny, it is the only scripted part of the Saints Unscripted podcast. And so as I went with that, I was calling it Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Got to the point where there, I mean, as you see in the intro video, there are a lot of false teachers out there, not just Mormons. And some of the stuff that came up that I wanted to deal with. So that's how the podcast expanded from... Uh, Faith and Beliefs Refuted to the Master's Dog podcast, which we have today. But today we are back to 
the commitment that I made to respond to every one of the Saints Unscripted Faith and Beliefs podcasts. Excuse me. So we're going to get into that. Uh, David is one of the things that I've, I, I don't know, I would not say I'm an expert on it, but I've studied up on it. I've argued the point many times as plagiarism in the Book of Mormon. And so David today is going to try to explain to us why there are Bible passages that show up in the Book of Mormon and how that it's not plagiarism. So we're going to go ahead and let him jump in and then like we do what we do. We'll just stop him every so often and respond to the things that he says. And hopefully this is helpful. Again, this is, this is something that, um, well, you'll see. Here's David. Hey guys. So if you've read the book of Mormon, you might notice that some verses contain text that is similar to, or perfectly matches text from the Bible. So in this video, we're going to explore some of the theories explaining why that is. We've got a lot to get to, so let's do it. Okay. All right, so in the words of Grant Hardy, despite Joseph Smith's assertion that he had translated the Nephite record through the gift and power of God, there is still no consensus among Latter-day Saints as to how exactly he produced the Book of Mormon. So since we don't know the mechanics of the translation, we can't say for sure why every Bible reference shows up where it does. Okay, how is it that... Why do we have Bill and Ted in here? Okay. Um... Sorry, squirrel. We know the mechanics. We, you've done episodes upon this. You've done talked about this. We know by the writing that Joseph Smith never actually looked at the plates and translated off of the plates. He never had them where he was looking at them and going, this is what these symbols mean. People in the room did not see them. They were always covered up by a towel or whatever. So again, he put a rock in a hat, put his face in the hat, and words appeared on the rock. So don't tell us, David, that we don't know. Here again, this is where we get into that whole thing that deception and deceit is baked in to Mormonism. They can't avoid it. They can't. They have to, they have to find a way... To, to circumvent because they can't just look at their history and go, this is what it is. I mean, granted in Christian history, there are things that have happened that are horrible. You know, the Spanish inquisition and, you know, all kinds of things, uh, witch burning in Salem and, and so on, you know, things that happened in the name of Christ that were bad. But when you look at the foundation of the, the, faith of Christianity and the word of God and so on, it, it is above reproach, the foundation. The foundation of Mormonism crumbles at the, at the slightest wind. It, it crumbles and they're constantly trying to, to boost it up and, and, and bolster it with, with lies and fabrication. So we do know the mechanics. We, we've gone through them. We've seen them. We know the mechanics, supposedly every word. And he said that the word wouldn't disappear until it was written down correctly. So we know. Don't, let's, not, let's not let that be something. That, again, that is, a, that is a deceitful statement in and of itself. The only true wisdom consists in knowing that you know nothing. 
that's us, dude. But there are lots of theories out there for you to consider. We'll go through several in this video, but at the end of the day, here's what makes the most sense to me. While the Nephites and Lamanites had access to sacred scripture, Ezra Taft Benson wrote that ultimately the Book of Mormon was written for our day. It was meant for us. Mormon wrote near the end of the Nephite civilization. Under the inspiration of God, who sees all things from the beginning, he abridged centuries of records choosing the stories, speeches, and events that would be most helpful to us. Now, just as the Book of Mormon was written for our day, I also believe it was translated for our day. Translated by who? Well, Joseph Smith said it was translated by the gift and power of God. Don Bradley points out that the Lord in Doctrine and Covenants 84 refers to the Book of Mormon and the former commandments which I have given as that which I have written, affirming the text's authority by identifying himself as their author, he having spiritually written them as they appeared on the seer stone. So if God is the translator giving Joseph Smith the text, then what can we learn from that? Then why have golden plates anyway? I mean, God gave him the... T I mean, the golden plates are, in are pointless. The story of the plates are pointless. Does that not make any sense to you? Do you I can't imagine that you're going through this, David, and not going, I should walk away from this ridiculousness. I mean, because <laughs> you get... It gets deeper and deeper and... Keep shoveling. Well, the Book of Mormon itself teaches that the Lord God speaketh unto men according to their language, unto their understanding. It's for this reason that Brigham Young taught years after the Book of Mormon's publication, should the Lord Almighty send an angel to rewrite the Book of Mormon, in many instances it would materially differ from the present translation. Also remember that... Okay, again, so now we come back to the place, how can you call something the most correct book of any book that was ever written, blah, 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 blah. And then go, well, yeah, we can just change it. How does one, something that is the most correct book, how do you change? We, we know it's been changed. It just, it's getting deeper. It's getting deeper. That one of the purposes of the Book of Mormon is to testify of the Bible. For behold, this, the Book of Mormon, is written for the intent that ye may believe that, the Bible. Now, anyone who has worked in translation understands that there's not always one right way to translate something. Dude got his ear clapped and Jesus was like, chill fam, check yourself before you wreck yourself. So, I would disagree with that. There are some incorrect ways to translate stuff. The message, the gen, I, I'm hoping that that's a joke. I hope that the Gen Z Bible doesn't exist. Uh, but yeah, no, there... We understand translation. Do we know words have meaning? If you're translating something, you're taking something from one language to another language. Now, we have biblical translations that are thought for thought, uh, that are word for word. We have, you know, and then we have paraphrased, which I would say throw those out. Don't even bother with paraphrase because that is way too much of the author's own uh, personal translation or personal interpretation in there. Again, we don't need to interpret if we're translating, right? And then, so, again, NIV where it's thought for thought because we're taking, you know, a, a different language and a different syntax and we're taking all these things. I, I could just direct you to Dr. James White who can explain this so much better than I can. But there are incorrect ways to translate the, the Bible. 
absolutely new world translation where you're just adding stuff to to make it fit what you want joseph smith's translation where you're just adding stuff to make it fit your doctrine that's an incorrect way to translate the bible um the, obviously now we can literally we can say the book of mormon was not translated it wasn't it was dictated through the power of god if that's the same way as the the quran it was dictated it was not translated off of anything neither was the book of mormon you know we have the story of these golden plates that again we've gone through the the, the episodes of the witnesses and did they really see or not see or blah 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 Joseph sits down at the table with golden plates that he's going to translate. They're covered up, and he's reading out of a, 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 a hat off of a rock. The Book of Mormon was never translated, David. It was dictated through magic. If God, as the translator, chose to incorporate biblical language throughout his translation, perhaps to more effectively testify of the Bible, then I have no problem with that. That said, here are some other theories that may also come in hand. How about we just do this? We can cut this whole thing off right now. Ignore the book. If, it's, if it is there to, to enhance your belief in the Bible, just go read the Bible. Because there's nothing in the Book of Mormon that I need to enhance my belief in the Bible. In fact, the Bible would tell us to cut out all the lies which is everything in the Book of Mormon. There is nothing historically, archaeologically, geographically that says that any of the events of the Book of Mormon ever actually happened. It's all imagination. It's Harry Potter set in 600 BC or 680 or whenever in Mesoamerica or maybe North America or maybe South America or maybe... Who knows, right? So why bother when we have the scripture that is sufficient, the Bible? Andy, because the Book of Mormon is translated into King James-style English, we should totally expect there to be some natural coincidental overlap in phraseology. This could account for some similarities. Others are obviously not coincidental. For example, the Book of Mormon openly quotes extensively the words of Old Testament Isaiah. Most Old Testament references aren't an issue because the Nephites had access to those scriptures in the brass plates. And remember that even some New Testament passages that show up are actually references to the Old Testament. For example, Jacob 1 looks like Hebrews 3, but Hebrews 3 is actually a reference to Psalm 95, which the Nephites probably had on the brass plates. Some people believe that when Joseph came to portions of scripture he recognized as biblical, he just dictated to his scribe from a Bible, which would account for some KJV translation errors that show up in the Book of Mormon. That said, there's no evidence that Joseph ever had a Bible present during the translation. Personally, I just think God revealed the KJV text, even with the errors, as it was sufficiently plain to suit his purpose as it stands. So God made him write mistakes. That's what you're telling. God supposedly who has to have these prophets who does nothing yet that he doesn't uh in, tell his servants whatever horrible paraphrase misphrasing of, a, of of that but god needs to have a prophet living prophet on the earth today but yet he's just going to tell him to put down mistakes god doesn't know the accurate translation of these these king james errors enough to give them to joseph do you 
you get how ridiculous that sounds. But it could be wrong. Some Bible references can be explained by the simple fact that they both came from the same divine source. For example, Christ's New Testament Sermon on the Mount shows up during Christ's visit in the Book of Mormon. This makes sense, considering it's Christ who gave both speeches. 2 Nephi 29 teaches, Know ye not that the testimony of two nations is a witness unto you that I am God, that I remember one nation like unto another? Wherefore, I speak the same words unto one nation like unto another. Just as the Lord taught the same gospel on different continents at different times, it's also possible he gave the same revelations to different prophets on different continents at different times. For example, in 1 Nephi 14, Nephi has a vision of the future New Testament apostle John. Okay, let me let me just stop for a second here, because if this is the case, if God is giving a new revelation to new prophets on new continents at new times, and what, however he said that, why do you reject the book of Jeronek? Why do you reject Matthew Gill, who claims to be the prophet in UK, and his book of Jeronek that he says is God's when uh, Jesus visited the British Isles? Why do you reject that? Why are we not having that conversation? Why is that rejected when you believe that God is doing this and doing this and doing this? An angel tells Nephi, the things which this apostle of the Lamb shall write are many things which thou hast seen. Here's another possibility. Much of the Book of Mormon was edited and abridged by the prophets Mormon and Moroni. As later Book of Mormon prophets, they would have had access to Christ's New Testament teachings in 3 Nephi. It could be that these prophets incorporated New Testament slash 3 Nephi phraseology in their edits and interpretations of earlier records because they were already familiar with them. For example, Mormon may have used phraseology from 3 Nephi 13.25, also found in Matthew 6.25, in his interpretation of Alma 31.37. Now, some people are nervous that these biblical parallels are evidence that Joseph Smith simply plagiarized from the Bible to create the Book of Mormon. So I went online looking for the longest list of parallels I could find, and without regard for the strength of the parallels or repeated parallels, I did the math. Right. Let's do the math. Worst case scenario, generously, we're talking about roughly 14.6% of Book of Mormon verses resembling or matching Bible verses in some way. If you remove the very obvious and intentionally included Isaiah and Sermon on the Mount verses from the list, that number drops to about 6.4% of total Book of Mormon verses. To give that some context, non-Latter-day Saint Bible scholar Roger Nicole asserted that without exaggeration, more than 10% of the New Testament text is made up of citations or direct allusions to the Old Testament. So, if God is giving us a modern translation for our day that... Okay, this is not allusions or uh, whatever. This is literal verse verbatim writing of the verses this is plagiarism and you go to any college teacher and ask them what grade they're going to give a student who plagiarizes 6.4 percent of their their papers of their their doctoral thesis or whatever whatever essay they turn in ask a teacher how what what kind of grade they're going to give someone who plagiarizes literally word for word plagiarism copied from one text to another without giving credit to the source and so on what grade are they going to give that student f f fail 
because it's illegal. It is in unethical. It is wrong. Testifies of the Bible as the New Testament testifies of the Old, then his incorporation of established scripture in the Book of Mormon seems fairly standard. Of course, you're free to come to your own conclusions. We've looked at some Latter-day Saint perspectives in this video, but if you think Joseph Smith was just an incredibly well-versed fraud, that's fine. If you want to dive deeper into this subject and explore some of the other theories that we didn't get to today, check out the links in the description and have a great day. So you can't just dismiss it as that's fine. If you think that Joseph Smith is just a well fraud, he is a fraud. It's, it's not just fine. It's not, it's, you have to come to the, we have to be able to go either this guy was or was not a false prophet. And all the evidence points to the fact that he is. He's a false prophet preaching a false gospel of a false Christ sent by a false God. None of what that is in Mormonism lines up with Orthodox Christianity, and that is dangerous. Millions of people are being led astray by this supposed church, the supposed true church. And, and again, now we come back to this thing. If Mormonism is the only true church and all other churches are an abomination and their creeds are corrupt and the, or the creeds are an abomination and professors of which are corrupt, and if that is the case, then how is it fine that these people think you're, you're one true prophet? They're going to hell. Well, according to Mormonism, they're going to a lower level of heaven. But again, see, do you see the problem with all of this? Do you see how this does not work? It doesn't work. You can't just go, well, you know, we'll just brush it off. Well, you know, we'll just, uh, you know, you may, no, there is valid truth in what the Bible gives us about Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Eternal salvation rests in the results of the examination here. Eternal salvation is at stake because, again, I sit in a place where I look at what the Bible says and those who are deceived by Mormonism, people that I love, people that I care deeply about, are going to hell. Real talk, people that I have cared about who have passed on already have gone to hell because of following the beliefs of this man. There's a reason why I do this. There are so many other things I could do with my time other than refute the lies of Mormonism. And why don't I, why don't I focus on Islam and stuff like that? Nobody I know and care about is being deceived right now by Islam. That I, I mean, and that sounds rude and harsh and that I don't care about those people, but I do care about those who are led astray in that. But I literally have personal interest in this, having come out of it, having been part of it, having been deceived by it myself and set upon that path of destruction and being drawn away from that by God to put on, on the narrow path to, that leads to life. There's a reason why I do this and it's not, it's not just fine. Eternal salvation lies in the balance here. And to my LDS friend, I would hope that you could see this and watch it and run. Recognize that this is all a deception and a fake. M manufactured by Satan himself. To lead you 
down the, the broad path to hell, away from Christ, to be one of those voices that that's on judgment day when Christ brings everybody and everybody stands before him. And those of you who will go, we were Mormon. Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And you'll be separated off with the goats and cast into the lake of fire with the beast and the devil and the dragon and all that good stuff from Revelation. Eternal salvation lies in the balance. And for my LDS friend, you should run. Get away from this. The, the apologetic acrobatics that has to be done to try to convince you that Mormonism is true. Why don't you really come and truly find rest in the words of Christ in the Bible? And my Christian friend, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.